Oh, hi there. I didn't see you come in. It's me, Jeremy, from Last Podcasts. I'm happy you accepted our invitation to the Last Podcast Christmas Cabin. We got a real deal on it, because today's the day after Christmas. And by the time you're listening to this, it's probably well into 2020. I used to belong to some other podcasts, but, well, there was this accident with the wolves. I got a real good price. That's, oh, our first guest is here already. That was faster than I expected. Hey, it's Tyler from Last Podcasts. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for inviting me to this. Is this a Christmas-themed cabin? Yeah. It's, like, it's January. What are we doing here? It's December 26th, and you know it. There are still 11 days of Christmas left, Tyler. <laughs> That's fair. It is well into the Yule season. We have a lot of time left. Um, Plus, you're one of those people who doesn't take their lights down until mid-February. That is true. That, I'm just exceptionally festive, and definitely not because I'm lazy. Um, I really like this crackling fire you have going in the corner here. Yeah. I'm sure glad we found a good sound effect for that. (laughs) Oh, I think someone else is here, too, with a very mechanical knocking sound. Yeah, I feel like Shia LaBeouf was following me through the woods, so uh, we might want to get some weapons ready. Oh, we got a shotgun right here. Fantastic. Why are you pointing that at me? Oh, it's Zach from Last Podcasts. Not that I'm opposed that you're here, Zach, but I don't think we invited you. Yeah, I followed you. Well, that explains that. Well, I did invite someone else, so real quick, I got you something, because it's Christmas. I'm, I'm concerned at how heavy this is. Ignore that knocking, it's fine. Hey guys, there, there's somebody no, screaming, just do it. Just hurry, hurry guys, hurry. Oh hey, it's oh. the same fight stick you have, I'm it, very it into is. this. Is it? Now is I have to learn how to use it. Super Robot Wars J? With the English patch on there. Nice. Oh, that is awesome. It's a pre-patched cartridge? Yeah. That's really cool. That is really cool. I'm going to have to play this now. Well, thank you, Jeremy. That makes coming out to this oddly Christmas-themed cabin all the more worth it. it. It's it's weirdly isolated? It's fine. It's just we don't want any wolves attacking us, do we? That is true. Two true. snuggles are not as friendly as they sound. Because I was already murdered by an old man once this year, it couldn't possibly happen again. Oh, hey, it's Kevin from Last Podcasts, <laughs> specifically Jumpstart Weekly, who just got here. <laughs> yeah, just got here. Hi, Kevin. We actually invited you. I was just telling Zach that... Anyway, hi. Hi. So did you guys hear the guy screaming, just do it, in, in the woods? Like, he's being really weird. I did. I thought there was, like, a Nike rep out there or something. Oh, that, that wasn't him? That wasn't who? The did, Nike rep? Did you gnaw off your leg to escape him, Kevin? No. <laughs> it never got that severe. It's okay. good. Well, we know what we're going to spend this Christmas doing. <laughs> uh, but before that, we thought we would do a re- year in review podcast because we had a big year. We launched a Patreon, www.patreon.com slash last podcasts. Also, I basically started a brewery this year, so that's kind of cool. I can't go there and order a beer yet, so I don't think it Okay, counts. that's fair. I, I know have... you put a lot of work into it, <laughs> but I still can't go there and order a beer, which I think is the minimum for you to say you opened a brewery. That's fair. Okay, let me rephrase that. I started working on a brewery. We're breaking ground in like a couple weeks. Nice. Congratulations. I guess I should have plugged that when I was on that other episode, but it's a little too early. You can fix it in post. We can have you on when you're opening a brewery. That's fair. We can read like a beer manga. <laughs> I'm sure there must be one There's somewhere. There's gotta be some. Probably. There's probably several. We can read that one volume of Naruto where Rock Lee gets drunk and fights a bone man. <laughs> <laughs> or any any episode with Jiraiya. Any chapter? Any chapter with Jiraiya. 
So Zach wanted to do a year in review show because he and I used to write up year in review posts. I think Zach has done it every year. Yeah, I don't think I have. Uh, this is the only year I haven't, but that's because I knew we were going to do this. Which is weird because we didn't invite Zach to this, so it's like I guess convenient that he showed up. Well, some hey, I'm the idea guy, so if someone else has an idea, they must be excluded. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, we knew he would show up anyway. That's true. He always does. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm that person you just can't get rid of. Remember how for the first couple of episodes of last time on video games he wasn't there, and yep. then we invited the guest on an episode and he never left. Yep, he's just crashing Boy, eternally you... on the last podcast couch. Did you guys just make a mistake there, letting me show up once? <laughs> yeah, at least you know I left after the guest episode and then got reinvited back in. Yeah, uh, to be fair, he is also like an actual host on It's a Gundam, so that's like you know it's official now. You sure I'm, that wasn't mainly just because you were like, all right, listen, he's just on the couch all the time. We need we, to use We might as somehow. well split rent at this <laughs> point. Right? It's, it's a common law thing. I yeah. just never left. So <laughs> I am a common law squatter in your house. He's a common law podcast host. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been here long enough that now I'm legal. It's a serious commitment. I assume you see that webcomic that's like, we're three white guys with average experiences. Oh, no, a podcast just formed. <laughs> no, but that's about right. So we will start, I think, with most interesting video game, because I think that's a good thing to start with. And Zach, since this was kind of your idea, what was the most interesting video game you played in 2019? For me, it was actually Hearts of Iron 4, and not just because of the uh, My Little Pony mod that I've been playing with it. The base mechanics of the game where you have to actually like set up what you're developing and get the production and the actual like supplies to your different units and how you set those up. And I haven't quite figured out combat yet. Because that handles a lot differently than your standard like RTS or even like Civ, because you have to set out for your people like this is the plan, and then they execute that plan. And you got to worry about supply lines and all kinds of other things. I just find the whole thing like very interesting. It's kind of complicated for me to get my head around, and that's why it's taken some work. But I honestly would definitely recommend it if you've got any kind of interest in either that funky mod, because there are also some few uh, some other ones, but also just the base game of playing that time period. I actually kind of want to play that because Zach got me a gift copy. Uh, I will say I'm only interested in the Equestria mod. <laughs> I am also only interested in the Equestria mod. I'm, I'm not I, even a big My Little Pony guy. I just like the setting a lot. So. Yeah, I'm not a big My Little Pony guy either, but I'm definitely not. I'm, I phrased that horribly wrong. I'm <laughs> I was going to say because you, you are a big guy, guy yes. and uh, oh, I know you have at least two Twilight Sparkle shirts. <laughs> I think I only have one Twilight Sparkle shirt. Uh, the other one's a Pinkie Pie shirt. You also have the Celestia Obey shirt. Yes. Well, I, have, that, I have several My Little Pony shirts. I'm a big My Little Pony fan. I'm not a big World War II fan. So while it is a weird crossover, I still really like the My Little Pony aspect and the World War II thing. I'm just not a huge history nut. Unlike apparently everyone else in our Discord. My problem often with like the general term history, because I do like this is an important part of history, a lot of people tend to like focus on battles and stuff. I'm like, I'm more into like anthropology and archaeology. I'm more into like cultural history. Mm -hmm. So Well, one of the things that I've always liked to liked looking at historical things like that is the back end of things, like the economy. Like how did the economy affect it? And how did this thing being this certain way also affect how the battle actually played out? So, like, intelligence and all the stuff that leads up to it. Once the battle starts, that's when it's kind of like, eh, I know how that ended. But getting there, yeah, that's interesting. And I'm more interested in, like, what, what technologies were being developed during that time period. And, like, how did people, like, communicate with each other outside of their own country and stuff like that. So, they're very related, but. Mm -hmm. Kevin, you aren't on our video game podcast. What was your most interesting game of 2019? My most interesting game of 2019 was Indivisible. Uh, so it was one that actually launched this year, kind of 
action platformer, sort of. Like, you platform and then get into battle sequences. It's not turn-based, but it is turn-based weird battle sequences. It's got a really cool art style. It's got uh, some really interesting characters, and I just, I really liked playing through it. It wasn't a super long game, but I definitely had fun. And it's something that I could see myself going back to and trying out a different party because there's almost like 20 playable characters. So it's like, oh, maybe I could try a different party and see how that goes. Like, unfortunately, the story isn't there. Aren't that like any story changes? You're just kind of just going through the story. So it doesn't have a ton of replayability value, but it was definitely a very fun ride. It looked super interesting. It's on my wish list. I will also say it's slightly cheaper than your average game, and it's also on the Switch. I've actually never even heard of this thing before Kevin mentioned it. Yeah, I, I have a ton of random games on my Steam wish list, and this one came up because it was similar to something else I've played. I think the main reason I found out about it was because it was done by the artists who did Skullgirls. Like, it was like that design studio. And I remember... Maybe that's why. I remember finding out about their Kickstarter or something like that, because they kickstarted this game. I own Skullgirls. <laughs> and it never have you played it? I have actually played it. Okay. Yeah, same here. I'm not a huge fighting fan, but I really like the art style, so that's why I got into this one. All right, Tyler, what was your most interesting game of 2019, then? So, I haven't actually played a lot of video games this year. Um, it occurred to me just now, as we are talking about this, I started CrossCode, but I don't know that that's a super interesting game. I might mention it later. So, I'm going to do a board game. I did technically say game. Yep, you did say game, um, and I've played a lot of board games this year. Why don't you invite me to more of those? Uh, because they mostly just happen every weekend when I stay over at my like other significant my significant other others house. Yes, I know. So it was Schoolgirls <laughs> Love Tentacles, wasn't it? My most interesting game of the year, actually, I think, is Escaton with the uh, I forget what it's called, but it's basically like Champions expansion. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on last time before. Doesn't sound familiar. So you're basically playing Risk. But the board mechanics are driven by playing Dominion, which is very interesting. So you can win by either collecting a bunch of cards that are worth points, or you can win by having, like, territory control, which is also worth points, or usually some combination thereof. But you can completely ignore the risk aspect of the game and still win, or you can focus only on the risk aspect of the game and still win. Like so, I did the last time we played. Yeah. Because I had that cool treasure card that everyone just didn't notice that I had. I feel like you won even without that. I think you just massacred everyone. Yeah, I think, I think I was like up by one or two points without that. But I, so like everyone else was in like the mid 20s and I was at like 60. Yeah. Yeah. That I got sounds one card right. that if you have it in play, it doubles it your score. Triple. I, I think it triples the, no, you're right. It doubles the score of every treasure card in your deck. So I had a ton of treasure cards in my deck. And it's like anyone could have spent one of their actions near the end of the game to be like, just destroy that thing. And I would have had to draw Redraw it luckily it. as my last, like as part of my last hand in order to get it. But they just ignored me. Kevin is also very good at board games. He's okay. <laughs> Anything else uh, you want to say about Eschaton? What's the expansion do? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Kevin didn't get a chance to play with the expansion with no. us, um, but I've gotten it on the table a few times now. You basically get like a champion who gives you a like, permanent passive buff and also a one-time use buff but you have to meet certain conditions for them to take the field but it also if, like uh, you get a bunch of grunts which replace some of the base cards that normally comprise your starting deck that are just kind of like flavored to the champion so you have people who are like you know the great prophet or like uh i don't know like a paladin basically of uh so eschaton also by the way basically just means armageddon or the end of the world 
So it's a, it's a game where you're playing a bunch of like Cthulhu cultists trying to bring about the end of the world. It's very black metal themed, which is also a point in its favor, in my opinion. It's uh, also black. Like, all yeah, the, the entire is black. Yep. Sometimes it's a little hard to read because it's like black on black on black. <laughs> yep. It's very heavily themed, which is part of why I enjoy it. Um, very interesting board game. I highly recommend picking it up. The expansion just came out like in July or something, so it's still fairly fresh. What's your most interesting game, Jeremy? So I played all the Kingdom Hearts games in 2019. So my most interesting game is Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, the second game in the franchise that was on the GBA. It's the weird card battle based one. And that game is straight up broken. Like there's not another word for it. The game does not play as intended, but it's broken in maybe the best way in that you can break it back and end up with these just ludicrous combos that, again, are definitely not the way the game was intended to be played when it was made. But you can at least hurt it back for hurting you. And <laughs> I find the mechanics incredibly interesting. I don't want any other game to try them because Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories has proven they don't work. But I'm glad that somebody did at some point. That's fair. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember uh, you talking about that one, and it sounded pretty interesting, if not particularly enjoyable. I honestly couldn't remember which one it was. Like, I, I thought that it was probably the uh, the card one when you initially mentioned it, but I'm like, I don't remember if that was the case. What's the next category is the Yule Log Pops. Let's do most disappointing game next. Zach, you're going to be being disappointed. What disappointed you in 2019? <laughs> Jump Force. Oh, God, I forgot about Jump Force. Jump Force might be worse than my pick, but you picked it, so I'm not going to take it. So Jump Force was a game that literally had everything going for it going into production. It had a great cast of characters because it was pulling from all kinds of other places. They're all fighting game related. You could make a good, like, Arxis-style fighting game out of that. Some of the characters like Yugi might be tricky, but... Yeah, but, I mean, you give it to Arxis and they can come up with something, I guarantee you. So, like, this had all these kind of factors, and you could easily have made us, like, a Super Robot Wars-style story. I mean, even if you didn't want to make it, like, a fighting game, you could make it, like, an RPG of some sort, where you actually just have all these characters with you. And, like, that could work. But what we got was a half-assed version of the Xenoverse system, which didn't have flight in it, or any of the stuff that made, you know, Xenoverse somewhat interesting to play. Load times that were not that bad, but they were freaking every single time you wanted to do literally anything and a story that kind of sucked so it's like this is a game that should have been a celebration of you know shonen jump and all these characters and what was it 20 years was it supposed to be the celebration uh it's like 60 years no i, I wasn't sure what they were what, what the thing was actually listed what should have been a good one of that was just a total freaking mess yeah that game is bad all i can think of is the Team four star counting down of techniques. Like, or sometimes your technique is you drive a car into a guy and then shoot it until it explodes. Sorry, I I'm, I made Ryu from City Hunter and Jump Force. How do you have a main in Jump Force? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like that was the game that I played and was like, I haven't been so disappointed since Halo Two. I don't know how you <laughs> this up, but goddamn it, you did. What disappointed you in 2019, Kevin? Video game wise, I guess game wise. So this is actually related to the manga podcast. Because Viz was advertising a game called A World Next Door. Oh, uh, I've it, heard of this. Yeah, it was something that they published. Actually, the game wasn't all that bad. I didn't play a whole lot of video games and didn't really pre-order anything. So I didn't have the kind of unfortunate, oh no, this ended up being bad. Like I would know a game was bad ahead of time and not play it. Uh, but I wanted to get this World Next Door. And it's this kind of weird visual novel thing with 
this extremely weird puzzle battler system that usually ended up being more confusing than was worth it. And it had the option to just turn it off so that you could go through the... Uh, and you didn't turn it off, but you could make it so that you never took damage. So you could essentially just kind of like breeze through the puzzles. So um, that you could enjoy the so visual novel. So that you the visual novel. Because the art is really interesting, but the visual novel is kind of short and super open-ended. And it's like, I don't know if there's ever going to be a second one. So like, I'll be kind of annoyed if there isn't. So it was just, it was very disappointing because I was like, oh, this sounds pretty cool. Oh, this like didn't really end. It was kind of like, here was part one. Is there going to be a part two? Depends on the sales. So no. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So it was really the puzzler thing sounded neat because you're like trying to, you're doing this like match tiles to create spells. So like they have different spell symbols. So it's like, oh, if you match all the lightning symbols, you shoot a lightning bolt at your opponent. But you have to do that while trying to dodge them and their spells. And they can also use the board against you. And it just becomes super convoluted to where it's like, okay, I thought this was going to be a fun puzzler battler, but like I have to put way more effort into this visual novel than I want to, (laughs) to not get any content out of it. So I just turned it off and went through the thing. It was like, all right, so that wasted like an afternoon. Did you ever play Puzzle Quest way back when? No. Okay. I was going to say, that's like an RPG puzzle battler, but I, I don't know. The abilities work much better. Yeah. Did you decide on disappointment, Tyler? I did. One of my friends ordered, or I think kickstarted a game, and it showed up earlier this year, called All Manner of Evil. And it's got some really cool art. It's like vaguely Lovecraft theme, but the actual story is H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, the actual guy, has died. But he rambled about strange monsters and stuff. That's weird. Let's go loot his house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. So it's, it's a game where you're all playing uh, characters who have like hidden objectives, but also... There are a bunch of artifacts around the house, and you must take an artifact, but whichever artifact you take has, like, effects either on other players. But there are also three colors of uh, Chthonian abominations, and you may wake them up by taking too many of the right type of art, or too many of that type of artifact, or, like, you can just do a thing that increases it. So, like, some characters, like, lose if any of them wake up. Some of them want specifically one color of them to wake up, etc., etc. So it kind of becomes a game of, like, sniping the particular room that you know someone else is going to want to go to. It, oh no, it ended up being, like, way too simple, and maybe not even way too simple. It was just, like, a really disappointing gameplay loop, and it, there wasn't a whole lot to it at the end of the day. Partially, we're excited because, like, the art looked great, and, like, the general premise seemed kind of amusing, and it just ended up falling flat. I was not a huge fan. How about you, Jeremy? What were you disappointed by? Kingdom Hearts Recoded is the game that almost broke my Kingdom Hearts streak. And there's some cool stuff in it. The idea of, hey, let's make a different, like, weird mini game for each world that's like a different old video game is a cool idea. But so much of that video game is just Kingdom Hearts 1, but worse, and with the same story, but you've already heard it. I mean, it does have that great, amazing bit where they put bugs in Riku, um, (laughs) which is, you know, incredibly meme-worthy, but... Yeah, it was not good. And I was just like, please be done with this so I can move on to different disappointing Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> okay, let's go for best. Save the best for last, as they say. Zach, was the best game of 2019 for you? For a long time, I thought it was going to be the Resident Evil 2 remake. But then I picked up The Outer Worlds. Oh, I forgot that you picked that up. How not was The it? Outer Wilds, just so <laughs> everybody knows. The Outer Worlds, not The Outer Wilds. The Outer Worlds is fantastic. Okay, it's still holding up. Honestly, one of my favorite games that I have played in recent memory. I forgot that it existed, and I should add that back to my list. The characters are fantastic. The world is pretty detailed. 
like it feels honestly like New Vegas done right, basically. No, there was a combination of things that I I just can't remember what it was described as. It was New Vegas crossed with something else. Or New Vegas crossed with Firefly, that's what it was. The jokes about rampant consumerism and, and uh sales and all that. Like the first planet you land on, everyone is giving like the sales pitch and because it's it's entirely corporation owned and that's awesome. <laughs> It's it's so much fun to play. It's so such a fun, cool game. Like finding new stuff is always neat. The enemies are kind of cool to to visually to look at and fight back against and all that. So like, it is a game I would definitely recommend anybody that has the opportunity to pick up. So I actually saw a great Outer Worlds video of the game developers watching somebody speed run their game and doing commentary over the video, which was fantastic. Seeing them be like, I didn't. No, you could do, oh, that's how we did that. Like, and just thinking through like, oh, he did this thing to reset that so that they could skip right through. And there was this one bit where like, they figured out a way to glitch their way through this elevator. And he was like, literally, I put this elevator on a timer so that you had to fight all the enemies in the room. And he figured some way around that. He was like, I literally put a gate to make them fight all the enemies in the room and they ignored it. And so it was really cool listening to the game developers be like, how did they do that? How did they do that? Like, oh, he jumped over the wall. I like, I, there was this one bit where he does this thing. He's like, I never would have even thought of that. Like, there's a couple of them where like, I didn't think that was possible, but they at least understand where the thought process of like, oh yeah, you jump on here and jump over the gate. Okay. Like you weren't supposed to be able to do that, but it turns out you can. And then I didn't even think that was possible. And there's also this great bit where he's like, they're missing all the cool lore and backstory (laughs) (laughs) or all the cool lore and characters. And then the other guy who's with him, he's like, yeah, but I mean, he probably had to play this game like hundreds of times in order to be able to do this. Right. So like, it's not like he started playing was like, oh, yeah, I watched somebody do this and just did the speed run. So quick, two quick tangents. Um, I think Sony, I think it was Sony announced that they want like a mandatory like hint system for the PS5. Where, like, if you have a game that may have a way to get lost in it, you, like, have to have a button, basically, that, like, shows players how to go. Um, and they were saying that they would develop a system that just automatically does that for people. So if you don't want to do handcrafted ones, it will have one. And I think what they're doing is basically just have an AI play the game and find a path through. But that can be dangerous because it will probably find exploits like that and just continuously exploit the game. Yep. Um, that sounds very interesting to me. A game, I forgot that I played this this year, um, so I, m- I might just transition into this now. That's fine. Um, because I think, I runner-up for best game of the year for me, Smash, because I'm so playing it, and Terry's so much fun to crack shoot. Have they announced who the fifth character is going to be? No, they have okay. not yet. Sometime in January they're announcing it, and sometime in February they're releasing it, I okay. think. I wonder if it'll be a character attached to uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions in that case. I'd be down with that. That would be interesting. Resident Evil is the front runner right now. Uh, we're probably not getting Resident Evil because they released a bunch of Resi 2 spirits recently. Gotcha. So and, and also Leon. So it was Resi 2 and also Leon. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess Leon's in Resi 2, huh? Yeah, never mind. So I'm, I'm tied on this. I was going to do a board game, and I still might do the board game at the end of this. But I forgot I played Celeste this year. Oh, yeah, that's um, a good video game. Yeah, Celeste is very, very good. Um, but they did a, uh, I think a Games Done Quick or like whatever the Taz mm-hmm. uh, charity thing is. Um, the developer actually helped one of the guys write the Taz bot or like do the Taz bot 
um, for the run. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I put all these like really hyper specific mechanics in here because I knew people were going to speed run this game. So I just made sure they could better. And he was like explaining how all these very specific mechanics work. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, we totally found some things that I didn't even think about. But now that I know that they're there, um, I'm not surprised that people are doing it. <laughs> so I always really like when developers at this point understand that the speedrunning community exists. It's and, a thing and it's not going away. Well, and especially something for like Celeste, which has the hyper competent platforming necessary. Like, yeah, so we put some stuff in to make people like if you want to practice enough to be able to speedrun this thing or write the program for the taskbot to do it. There are ways of doing things that it like are not physically possible. I like that they acknowledge it and make it like a feature instead of trying to make it into uh, like, no, you can't speed run this game because I freaking said so. Yeah. And like he has a thing where like you can conserve momentum by like dashing repeatedly to objects and jumping up, which as a human, you could technically do. And then there are a bunch of things that are like, technically, you could do that, but it's almost impossible. Yeah, you'd have to uh, perfectly input a different command on every frame in the proper sequence in order to do this trick right. Yeah. Like, I still remember one of my favorite speedrunning things is, I think it's one of the Rayman games, where the speedrunner is like, yeah, so there's a pixel jump, pixel perfect jump, just in the base game that you need to beat the game. Yep. Like, I, he's like, I don't know how that made it through testing. Did the guy just magically do it the first time? I was like, yeah, this is fine. Because <laughs> it's literally a pixel perfect jump. Like... And it's not to get to a secret or anything. It's like, it's yeah, just, it's a pixel-perfect jump to get an item that you need to complete the level. That, having played Rayman, that does not surprise me that that exists. Uh, <laughs> what was your best game of 2019, Kevin? Wait, oh. quick hijack. Um, I was going to say, best board game is uh, Betrayal at House on Haunted Hill Legacy. That um, does sound like probably best. It was very, very good. Um, it ended up being the Kill James Simulator uh, <laughs> because he died very very frequently it's very fun you like follow a family through history in this haunted house and uh there are multiple branching story paths it can take we've fought yog saga for some reason <laughs> well um, he's always be getting up to trouble in haunted houses well there's, he was like a mini boss though so it just <laughs> there's an unopened copy of betrayal and house of haunted hill in my house it's my copy it's, it's jeremy's it's copy it's not unopened we played it once no we didn't no we didn't we did were we going play, to and we didn't did we play the copy i brought have you still never played betrayal never played it oh well we should i do think that. we were going to play it but then we played Attack on Titan instead. That's fair. Um, it's a fun game. Yeah, I've played Betrayal before. I really like it. And I was actually interested in Betrayal Legacy specifically because it doesn't end once you've completed the campaign. You are then you have your cool custom Betrayal at House of Hill where it's like certain rooms have changed based on what you did. Yeah, in the, the campaign. deck is different, too. Yeah, um, it's very good. I highly recommend it. We. Our last couple were a little weird because at some point either their pig or one of their dogs got to it while it was on the table and ripped a bunch of it apart. So uh, our very ending thing, we had to ask someone else we knew who had a copy to read out the ending to us <laughs> uh, or like text pictures of the uh, booklet to us one page at a time. Still very good. Highly recommended. What was your game of 2019, Kevin? My game of 2019 is a very recent addition to the list. I got into this game by watching a YouTuber play it. Um, so it's Rainbow Six Siege. Um, I've It's been out for four years now. So like it's been going a really long time. I'm jumping onto the bandwagon late. I watched the Achievement Hunter guys play it and didn't get as interested as when I watched Russian Badger playing Rainbow Six Siege and how much fun he had with that and his friends. And it's like, you know what? I would like to get into this game. It didn't hurt that I had also had the same thing happen to me and was also playing, starting to play it. So yeah, we were kind of like, hey, we should, you know, hey, let's get into Rainbow Six Siege. It's like, cool, I have somebody to play it with and am really having a fun time. 
shooting people in the grape. Kevin is actually a lot better at this game than I am. I really enjoy it, and I have said a couple times it's everything I wanted Counter-Strike to be as a kid. It's a much more tactical game, and that, I really enjoy that. I have the same feeling. It's like, this is what I wanted Counter-Strike to be. There's a lot more verticality. The destructible terrain is amazing. The sound design is what does it a lot for me. It's pretty I'm, good. Oh, I have a good headset now, too, so that'll help. Yeah, but just being able to, like, listen to the It's not perfect, but, like, I can listen. Hey, they're on my left. Hey, they're on my right. Hey, they're upstairs. Hey, they're walking on tile. That means they're probably in this room. It, coincidentally, like, they're redoing the sound design in Plunk Bat now to be better. So <laughs> it was really, really sketchy a lot of the time with that one. Does anyone still play Plunk Bat? Yeah, they yes. must. Yeah, it's really popular. I think it's still one of the main three. I th- is, gotcha. is Apex Legends still a thing? Technically, I guess. <laughs> I think it's dipped below Plunk Bat because it. When it tried to jump over Plunk Bat and came up with all these cool new mechanics, it was on the top for a while until Fortnite did the same thing, and they didn't then innovate on top of that. So you have the people who were playing Plunk Bat and just kept playing it because of like, I've just been playing this. And then all the people who jumped onto Fortnite who are like, I'm not, why would I bother playing that? Yeah, oh, I'm, Apex has all these cool new mechanics. All right, well, what do they have now? Nothing? Uh, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go over to Fortnite who keeps developing their game. I will say, Cuisine Royale... Sounds like a game I kind of want to try. Seems that overcooked funny. Battle Royale? No. no. <laughs> I wanted it to be, we'll, though. That sounded good. We'll have to show you the Russian Badger video on it at some point. I don't know exactly like how to describe it because I've never played it. But, yeah, so Siege, good game. I had to give Tyler directions at one point, so I was backseat driving, and I don't like normally doing that, but he legitimately didn't know where the staircase was. So that was a thing. And I, I managed to clutch that match, Yeah, right? you did. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've clutched a couple of them. One of which was, like, what was it, 1v3? Yep. And it I won purely because of the fact that I had 150 bullets in a box mag. Yep. I am a big fan <laughs> of the LMG. Um, yeah. I, I usually don't empty my entire clip like Zach does a lot of the time, <laughs> but I like having the ability to never reload during the match. Like, never have to reload. It's surprisingly useful. Yep. I'm also a big fan of the suppressors. I like the information denial of when you have the suppressor, you technically do less damage, but that doesn't matter because any bullet to the head kills anybody. So if you get headshots, you win. And most of the stuff that I have that has the suppressor, one shot wouldn't be, even without the suppressor, one shot wouldn't be enough to down them in a chest and two shots will still kill them even with the suppressor on. Or it's fully automatic so I can just kind of spray. Yep. But when you have the suppressor on, normally there are these like visual indicators on your screen, like you're being shot from this direction with the suppressor on that isn't there. Oh, so you that's literally so have, useful. Yeah, you literally have to track the bullets, which you can do. Like you can see the the smoke trail on certain things, or like I've seen the bullet hit the wall in front of me, so I know they're behind me at this angle, kind of stuff. Usually, you're still shot in the head because if somebody's shooting at you, you're probably exposed and you don't have enough time to whip around. Shot through the head! And yes. you're too... But anyway, quick segue. I looked it up and Plunkbat is still between either the third or sixth most played <laughs> game in the world, depending on okay. how you measure it. I was gonna, thought you were going to say Battle Royale. Sixth Battle Royale is not impressive, but sixth <laughs> most played game in the world is. Yeah, it, it is the most played Battle Royale, so... Okay. I thought even Fortnite over, um, no, was. Even over Fortnite. Fortnite must be really popular I'm here, wondering not overseas. Yeah, yeah. I'm also wondering if uh, the mobile... I'm sure Fortnite that factors into yes. it. I forgot that existed, but that definitely counts. Well, technically speaking, Fortnite also has a mobile. Yep, no, I'm, I'm sure that's also included in those counts by the same metrics. Like I said, it's between third and six. I found varying lists that listed different numbers. So. I also think um, Fortnite is kind of suffering from Epic right now, because you have all the people who are Fortnite fans, but then you have all the people who are like, no, I don't want to Fortnite because Epic. 
Well, I don't want the Epic Store. Yep. Period. And Coke talks about Coke and Pepsi talks about Coke. It's good to be Coke. Yep. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things that you've got people like, I don't want the Epic's launcher, but that's mostly because I don't want to add another launcher. They give me free games. I can't complain. Yeah, I mean, there's also a lot of like people like, well, it's secure. There's security problems and literally nowhere I've found has actually been able to back any of that up. There are, as a guy who computers, there are security problems, but they have to, they're so absurdly specific that I wouldn't, like. The the, only thing that I can remember was the Steam library thing where it was like, Epic was reading your Steam library to try and figure out your game history. Yep, they do do that. Yeah, Um, which is, that's something of like, I'm not particularly annoyed, I'm annoyed, but it's not like. You know, oh, you guys are those kind of sleaze bags. Okay. It, it also specifically says that they're going to do that when you're installing it. Yeah. So I, uh, I don't know. That's on you guys. Don't know what to tell you. Yeah, my my main problem with Epic has less to do with Epic itself and more to do with PGI at the moment, which is unrelated. But you didn't have anything to do with Epic or PGI. What was well, your best game of the hey, year? You're Jeremy? making some assumptions. So speaking of games that are really old, <laughs> I played Kingdom Hearts two this year, which is the reason anyone cares about Kingdom Hearts, and like genuinely a, like, contender for my favorite game of all time. There are definitely a lot of problems with it. It shows its age, but the story in that game, while it's convoluted nonsense, really works. The ending, like, the only games that compare, like, emotionally to the ending of Kingdom Hearts are the Persona games. Well, Kingdom Hearts 2 specifically. How did the combat rough. hold up? Well, okay. Um, I remember like, liking it a lot back when I played it, but... C- certainly there are some issues with it. Interestingly, a bunch of them got kind of smoothed over in 3, and I feel like the combat in 3 ends up worse for it. Not bad, but like it's like, oh, they took out the rough spots, and that's nice, but it t- ends up taking away a lot of the decisions. The way Reflect works in Kingdom Hearts 2 is super interesting, and like makes the high-tier boss fights really, really fun, because you have to time your reflects right once you figure out how Reflect works. I really like the like shonen anime mechanic where bosses won't die unless you hit them with an end of a combo. It does create some like annoying bits where like you have to get through your combo, but again, it makes it like it makes it so you never like randomly hit a guy with one attack and that's the one that causes them <laughs> to die. And because of how ridiculous an anime that game is, I actually think the mechanic really works. So is does that ever lead to a situation where you want to like decrease the number of combo hits you well, get? Because I know that's a thing you can upgrade. Well, yeah, and like the like top tier strategies for Kingdom Hearts 2 are make your combos as short as possible. Like the mid tiers, you want to make them longer because that ends up doing more damage. But it's not so much more that it ends up being more important the- than being able to get finishers off quickly. So I know when you were talking about this way back when, um, you said you like Kingdom Hearts 3 better. I did. I, I don't remember saying that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just got the impression you liked it better. So you, you definitely, you think Kingdom Hearts 2 is a better game than 3? Oh, definitely. Okay. But 3 is good. I did, like, enjoy 3 as an ending to the franchise. It's not an ending to the franchise, but it... It will never end. It closed a lot of the open mysteries it opened some new ones but it closed it closed more doors than it opened it just made sure to open a few so there could be a future and i like three's combat system but at the end of the day it doesn't feel as good it's just got a pacing problem and whether that's because namora doesn't know how to tell stories anymore or because disney won't let him i don't know but the middle of kingdom hearts 3 is 90 percent of the game and it's just hey we're going with tangled and then we went to frozen and then we went to toy story and then we went to big heroes that's one of the things i heard or i read that was a uh, potentially a problem was because disney like a lot of the stuff in kingdom hearts 3 is more recent disney stuff they have it much more on lockdown like you can't really touch it because they don't want you to yeah and i don't know if that's the case or if namora just forgot how second acts work 
But Kingdom Hearts 2 has this incredible midsection where you, which has the, you know, 1000 Heartless battle, which is like people who remember that from when they were a kid. It's like a top moment in gaming history. For it's them. pretty good. And it's super good. And there's like, that like a bit with Leon and Cloud measuring their dicks against each other <laughs> right in the middle there. Like that's like such good banter. And like Kingdom Hearts 3 doesn't have any of that. No, it has a thousand like super touching reunions at the end. And you're like, oh my God, they got back together. It's good. I want to cry. Like, I literally cried at one scene in Kingdom Hearts 3. It's super good. But it's not as good a video game as Kingdom Hearts 2. I was actually thinking that if we got enough money on our Patreon, I'd play through Kingdom Hearts and and Breath of the Wild. Oh, we, we could force you to play. So, uh, oh, no. It would, like, let's be honest. The audio on those would probably just be a long string of me swearing. No, I'd, I'd be giving color commentary on you swearing. <laughs> and you might be able to get into the gameplay of Kingdom Hearts 2. You'd have to play it a bit first? Well, I was specifically saying Kingdom Hearts because I'm gotcha. on record as saying I yeah. load that game as well as Breath of the Wild. That's so true. I thought that would probably be more funny if people wanted to give us enough money to make me do that. No, the that's thing fair. Is, you have like legit, there are legitimate reasons Kingdom Hearts is a bad video game, <laughs> which is not as true about, say, Breath of the Wild. I think there are actually legitimate reasons that Kingdom Hearts, or that Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> that uh, Breath of the Wild is maybe not as great as everyone says. I still think it's a very well, good game. Well, yes. Though. I mean, you can like criticism at any video game. That's that is how, true. That's how criticism works. That's that's also how the reality works. Not everything's perfect. What are you looking forward to in 2020, Zach? Well, at, at least uh, I was sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, well, what would it be? And then it's like, well, there's there's a Persona 5R. There's Monster Hunter Iceborne. It's a lot of stuff at the beginning of the year. The Resident Evil 3 remake and the uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Encore. But if I had to pick one, it's probably Persona 5R. Because, like... I have to actually look forward to that one deeper into the year because that one's out in April. Whereas like Tokyo Mirage Sessions, I've only got a couple of weeks left to wait for that one because that's middle of January. Yeah. And interesting note, with the exception of Zach, none of our games of the year came out in 2019. And I think Indivisible it's... Indivisible did. In, did it, oh, oh sorry. Game, games of the year. Sorry. Yeah. Not, not yeah. most interesting. Yes. Yeah. You're right. None of our favorite games came out in 2019. And I think it was... In some ways, it was a weak year for video games, but also we're on the cycle where the Japanese developers are killing it and the American ones aren't. And the Japanese developers do not care about Christmas nearly as much, and they will pers- push their games to early January. And like your, the thing you thought was going to be a your pick was a January game. Was it or was it? No, I thought it was slightly... No, I bought it slightly later because I bought Resident Evil 2 Remake, Remake around the same time I bought Jump Force. But yeah, no, uh, that's entirely... That's entirely... Fair. I also play more video games than all of you guys do, so... Uh, maybe not yeah. quite you, yeah, we're not Kevin. Familiar? Oh, nah, we can talk about that. this last year I was mainly playing Warhammer 40k, so that's why I don't have a ton of video games under my belt. But yeah, I've, I I generally play more video games and more new video games than everybody else does too. So well, that's also a thing. I was mostly just noting all the games you picked are Japanese developed, and they're all coming out pretty soon. Technically, Monster Hunter Iceborne is out. Well, I, I cannot. I can't honestly think of any. Um, and like, what came Amer- out this year? Amer- Call of Duty, Madden. I honestly don't care. I, about Outer Wilds, Outer Worlds, and Outer Wilds both were American developed. So, um, the Japanese developed, but uh, the Norman Fetus. Oh, uh, Death Stranding. Fetus. <laughs> yes, that was a Freudian slip, but I knew it, it was the correct Freudian slip. Yes, I, I really, no, I mean, I remembered just that essentially meme from it of the Norman Fetus. But yeah, that that game came out. Yeah, that's true. Well, and a lot Not of Hardman. A lot of the um, like Western video games are more being developed with the idea of. I want to sell as many loot boxes or live service as possible. So, like, that's a an issue that has come up, at least with the Western developed ones. Yeah, so. and I think the problem that they're running into is the fact that there's a lot of already pre-established games. Like, it's kind of the thing that plagued the WoW clones, 
when they were all releasing, like, hey, we like we see that you liked playing WoW. Would you like to play WoW again? No, because I'm still playing WoW. <laughs> what are you looking forward to in 2020, Kevin? I'm looking forward to Monster Hunter World Iceborne. The main reason being I am super looking forward to bashing giant monsters with a musical hammer again. But the other thing I'm about it is I don't really know what's coming out next year. Like, I'm not paying attention to games releases, and I've stopped paying attention to them less and less because... I really don't want to pre-order stuff. There's been a lot of stuff that gets super hyped that ends up failing because developers are trying to push stuff out too fast. And the stuff that isn't being pushed out too fast doesn't get hyped. So it's much better for me to have it be kind of a surprise of like, hey, guess what's coming out this, you know, hey, guess what's coming out next month? This thing. Oh, cool. I actually am interested in that. I'll wait. And when it comes out, maybe watch a Let's Play, read some reviews, see how it is. It's like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. I might pick it up. Yeah, barring very few things like, um, like uh, <laughs> I pre-ordered Fire Emblem, I pre-ordered Pokemon, because those are games that I'm like, I know I'm going to want to play these. I pre-ordered um, Pokemon as well. I don't like want to pre-order games anymore, especially ones that are sight unseen. Like, I'd pre-order Tokyo Mirage Sessions, mostly so I could pre-load it on my Switch. Yeah, I was going to say, I pre-order them, like, three days before they come out to load them. Yeah, that, like, that's basically what I did with Pokemon. I think I did it, I did it, like, three weeks out, because I knew I would, yeah. at least, I would get a Pokemon game out of it. As soon as I, as soon as it was available to pre-load, I did that. But, like, I've been burned too many times by pre-ordering games that ended up being crap, that I'm like, no, like even your pre-order bonus is just not worth it. I have also run into the problem of so I will pre-order games and then not be in the mood to play them when they come out. So do I, but then they're just like on the shelf and one day I'm like, oh yeah, time to bring that out. Yeah, Quackamelee 2 has been on my list for a while and I own it. I just haven't gotten around yeah. to playing it. I actually did I, pre-order I'm technically Iceborne. stuck in Guacamelee 2. I did the stupid thing and I did, before beating the game, I am trying to complete one of the hardest challenges in the game which is the, like, chicken maze, <laughs> essentially. It's literally the hardest challenge in the game. It's kind of that JRPG thing of the final boss is not the hardest boss. There's, yeah. like, a secret boss that's actually the hardest one. So I'm trying to complete the hardest dungeon, and I got stuck on it. And I was like, I just need to take some time. I took too much time. I can't go back now. So yeah. I'll have to restart, essentially. I've, I've kind of been doing that with Celeste because I'm still working my way through the seasides. But, like, after I, like pick it up again i'm like oh why was i having such a hard time with this but i i need like three weeks to a month in between attempts so yeah i'm also like my classic example of the pre-order game uh is dishonored 2 so i bought dishonored 2 or pre-ordered it and i've barely played it. it it took me like three years to actually play dishonored 2 and then i played it for a little bit and was like no i, I keep just telling myself that i'm gonna play it but i have a ton of other games like i don't need to pre-order a game buy it at full price and then not play it for three years when I yeah. could play it three you know, years I, later. So I'll put it on my Steam wish list, which I do all the time. Yep. Hey, this game sounds interesting. Onto my Steam wish list. Hey, it's 70% off. Like, uh, I bought Space Engineers finally, and yep. I think I bought it for everyone here. Yep, so that I we... vaguely know how to play that game now. <laughs> it's really, really complicated, but I think it's going to be great if we ever get into it. Yeah, I, and I, it's the same thing. And it was like, ah, oh, Space Engineers has been on my list literally for years. And then, Mind hey, you. It's on like 80% sale or 70% sale. Cool. Now's the time to buy it. Still haven't played it yet, but it was one of those things of I'll just put it on a wish list and maybe when I, you know, feel like playing video games more, feel like playing Warhammer less, feel like uh, reading less or, you know, whatever I'm doing, Siege and Monster Hunter World kind of taking up a lot of my video game time. I don't feel like pre-ordering a whole lot yeah. of stuff. Buy low, play high. What are you looking forward to, Jeremy? 
Kingdom Hearts Remind. Remind? The, the Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC. That's okay. a big story thing. I actually looked it up after Zach asked me, hey, what are you looking forward to? I'm like, when's that coming out? Oh, hey, there's a trailer. And then the trailer got me mega hyped for it. So, That's kind of what happened when I found the Persona 5 trailer, Persona 5 R trailer. I'm like, oh, like I was already looking forward to this game, but this looks really cool. Um, I was actually just looking through a list of video game releases for next year, and I actually wrote down a few that looked pretty exciting. While looking at this, though, I forgot about an interesting game nomination. I only played like an hour of it so, um, at Ed's house once. It's called Void Bastards, which is a... Uh, I know ro- that one. Yeah, it's a roguelike FPS um, set in British space. It's With a... I'm trying to think of the art style. Yeah, it's very distinct. It's almost like paper cutouts, but not. Yeah, and it's got a, it's it's very weird. It's kind of social. It's like kind of comic booky, but not. I, I think you might actually really enjoy it, Zach. But it's got like a bunch of like random like roguelike power ups that you pick up that will help you. But also you need to like choose. Do I want to go into this level to maybe get some loot or should I just go on to the next place and save my fuel? Yeah, but uh, you do need, eventually you, you're like, I need to stop, I need to get fuel at this place. Like, and you can scan, hey, this ship has fuel, so I, like, I know I can go get fuel for the ship here, but I don't know where it is specifically, I just know the ship has fuel. Yep. And so you can, like, the longer you stay on, the more enemies can potentially spawn, and you have, like, limited ammo and stuff like that. It seemed really interesting. It was a lot of fun when I played it, I just didn't, I don't own it, so. Yeah. Um. A game I am really hyped to play next year, which I am probably going to try to get into this weekend if I have a little bit of time, is Risk of Rain 2. It's not coming out next year, but it is a game I'm going to play next year. So the games I'm excited for next year, in no particular order, are the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, I was going to say that too. It's not a Kingdom Hearts, but Tetsuya Nomura did do it. (laughs) There is a sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest coming out. Ooh, Yeah, it's called Ori and the Will of the Wisps, I think. Because I remember I played Ori and the Blind Forest and beat it. I bought and played and beat Ori of the Blind Forest Definitive Edition. Yep. So I essentially beat it again with the two extra like levels attached to it. Well, I mean, that's basically what I'm going to be doing with Tokyo Mirage Sessions and Persona 5. Is like I'm going to play the same game with a couple more things thrown in. Yep. I'm going to keep an eye on Cyberpunk 2077, but I'm probably also going to play it at some point. It may not be next year, but it is a release. Oh, is that coming out next year? Yeah, it's coming out uh, probably Q2 or Q3 next year. Honestly, I'm a little bit leery of that one because that one's been getting a lot of attention. Yeah, they've also been doing some gameplay videos of it recently, and it looks like pretty much exactly what I expected to. Yeah, but any gameplay videos can look good no matter what you're doing. No, that's fair. Um, I remember that first Halo, Halo 2 demonstration, and that looked really good. It's a shame the game wasn't as good. Well, it's especially because they can usually script those to be pretty decent. It's not going to be like the uh, Battletech Kickstarter early gameplay videos where they're because uh, they were just playing the game essentially. Yeah. So they had one of their mechs get headshot like almost immediately. He's like, "Oh, well, yeah, let's try it again." It was the Kickstarter update. No, yep. they just they they tried to play. They played through it. Yeah, and that's basically what the uh, Cyberpunk gameplay videos have been. Is they're literally just playing the game. There is a new Shantae coming out, and I'm just a Shantae fanboy, so... I can probably I'm, get into Shantae. I think I have one of the games on my Steam list. Yeah, um, I will say that the one that we played for the podcast, which I assume Shantae. was the first one, yeah, was just Shantae. Not as good as the more recent one that was like something something Risky Boots Revenge. Yeah, or I was going to say Risky's Revenge, I think. Yeah. yeah, I would probably play the more recent one and not go to the original. I think the original is still pretty good, but it definitely had problems. Um... The one I am most excited for, because I love the hell out of this game, and I've only ever played an unofficially translated ROM that I definitely pirated back when I was, like, 12, is, uh, it's titled Trials of Mana, 
It is Secret of Mana 3 yeah. that has like eight different story paths, which are all minorly influenced by who you choose as your secondary character. I don't know. I love the heck out of that game, and I am so excited that they're remaking it. I didn't realize that they were. You can technically play it right now if you want. The, really? There's the Mana Collection on Switch. It has it. But that's the uh, Super Nintendo version, right? Yes, yes. So, not a remake. Yeah, this is a full remake with like modern graphics and yeah. theoretically more like action-oriented combat as opposed to the like quasi-overhead action-oriented combat that Super Mana has. I'm excited for it. Some of my favorite video game character designs come from that game. Let me know about the Risk of Rain 2 thing. Because I got a new terabyte hard drive uh, <laughs> on my computer, I can have more games installed. So I have Risk of Rain and Risk of Rain 2 installed because they're not huge. Yep. And I would like to play that with you as well. For sure. Yeah, no, Ed also has it. Um, yep. And I've been mentioned, and also Alex's brother. So it might be a weird group for us. So I, we'll, we'll see what happens. That's whatever. Like, I, I still have a couple of those kind of like platformy like hey here's like a co-op platformy shooter game how many of those exist i feel like risk of rain is one of the only ones i know about offhand there's bro the, force there's bro force um that's the, right there's that one that you got me that's like the eh, bug planet yeah, thing yeah. like hive mind or something like that that i played a little bit of and seems interesting and would like to try like again these are all like third party indie indie games so they weren't super expensive yeah those are my favorite games. Some of them are really interesting. Yep. All right. So we don't just have video game podcasts anymore. We also have a manga podcast. So do we have a favorite manga we all read this year? If Zach and Tyler, if you want to skip this out, feel free. But start with Kevin. Do you have a favorite manga of the year? If I have a favorite manga of the year, it honestly probably be One Punch Man. Uh, earlier <laughs> this year, uh, we had Murata did a like 90 page chapter or something ridiculous like that. That was just fantastic. I'm pretty sure that was earlier this year. I might be getting my dates confused, but I've really liked going through the One Punch Man manga. Um, I try not to stay too far into the community because there's also the webcomic. People are pretty good. Generally, I, I'm on the One Punch Man Reddit, and they're very good about keeping the webcomic spoilers separate from the manga spoilers. But some people, even if they're not quite spoiling things, they're like, hey, you'll find out more as soon as this arc ends. I'm like, no, no, no. I just I want to keep reading the manga. It's not that I don't like the webcomic. I just, after seeing Murata draw One Punch Man, I can't go to watching <laughs> one draw One Punch Man and just be like, it just, it looks so bad. It looks very bad. And the design, like the characters don't even look the same from panel to panel, like at all. Yeah. So I would say that's probably the one I've been having the most fun reading. I think a lot of that is because I read a lot of the other ones for the podcast. And it's not that I don't like reading those ones. It's just like, it it's adds, work. <laughs> it adds an element of work to it, yeah. even though I do it like I love reading my hero and I love reading. I'm actually really liking reading World Trigger, which we were kind of sort of reading at the start of this year and then kind of stopped putting it on the list. But there's a bunch of manga on there that it's like, I really enjoy reading these, but there's that little element of work to it where I read it and then have to rank them. And so that takes just a little bit of joy out of it versus One Punch Man is something I can just you read, read every fun. week. Yeah. Like there's a new chapter that came out today that I'm going to go home and read. Really quick, I assume because you've been reading One Punch Man, are you caught up on Mob, Mob Psycho? Yes. I How saw... was the most recent season? Uh, fantastic. Okay. Yeah. So the second season of Mob Psycho is amazing. I really enjoyed it. The second season of One Punch Man was not as good. I did not really enjoy that one. It wasn't as good as the first one and it... There were it had moments that were cool, but there was a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, it's kind of lame. Doesn't surprise me. 
No, that one was the studio change. And specifically, I feel bad for JC's staff. They had the whole thing with, um, so they're kind of, it seems like they're almost kind of overworked. And so they had to deal with, they literally had on One Punch Man season one was the all-star team of, we just grabbed these guest animators, like the best animators, you know, from certain companies would come over and do parts of an episode for us. And then JC staff is like, all right, cool. We're doing, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Which was the season that they put out this year was extremely good. So like they put their A team on that and then had everyone else working on some of their other projects. And they're, <laughs> they're just not the same quality. For me, it's Last Sayuki. It was taken from us before it's time. Yeah. That, I was so looking forward to every chapter of Last Sayuki. Which yeah. one was that? Uh, it was about, I don't think you ever read any of it. It was the the little kid with the you know, uh, bow staff powers. Oh, I don't think. And the little kid quadriplegic. Huh. Yeah, and a quadriplegic adopted sister who was God. <laughs> and, cool. all, well. and, and a girl <laughs> uh, friend who dressed up as a magical girl to give herself self-confidence to make her Nyobu powers better. She wielded dual Nyobu maces. That's That sounds great. Listen, it, <laughs> it was awesome, and then it got canceled, and we don't know why. Because <laughs> no one in Japan liked it because they don't have taste. <laughs> Uh, do you guys want to take a stab at best manga? I actually kind of do. Like I've ever, I haven't read like them consistently because I tend to fall off of stuff. My my anime backlog has kind of shown that off. Um, but like the ending of Food Wars, I really enjoyed. Yeah, Food Wars is a big runner up for me. Yes, it ended this year. And even though I haven't been reading it consistently, every single chapter I have read of We Never Learn is always like a highlight. Whenever I have read that series, I really like it. So. You want to take a stab, Tyler, or did you not read much manga this year? Um, I didn't have manga. Less than five seconds. Books, Stormlight Archive. Go read it. Runner-up, Warbreaker. Also very, very good in its standalone novel. Do it. Sanderson. This one really is just for me and Kevin. Manga, you're most relieved you don't have to read anymore in 2020. <laughs> this is actually hard. Because there are some really big stinkers. I'm trying to think of everything. I can't remember the title. I was going to reference the one that just had Naruto as the main character again, but then could Tokyo not Shinobi Squad. It. That's my pick. Ew. Like it wasn't the worst manga we read, but boy, was the one that I found the most boring. Hey, really quick, did you guys just hear that noise? I don't know. It sounded like like a cannibal. Well, no, what does a cannibal sound like? Rabble, rabble, rabble. No, it was like a weird, like scratching, like clacking noise. Hey, I don't know. Bone? Hey, that was me, not a noise. Yeah, I was I was going to say maybe it was just like a raccoon or something. I don't know. Just ignore it. Maybe it'll go away. It's fine. So did you think of it? Tokyo Shinobi Squad. It's probably going to be that one for me as well. Um, even stuff like Neolation kind of sort of was starting to redeem itself. Neolation was a weird gut punch because it was the first one we lost, right? Yeah. And we didn't know how to react to it. Yeah. Actually, I, I was also thinking of uh, Hellward and Higuma. I was enjoying Higuma yeah, up to I, the end. No, I was enjoying it too. I'm kind of. It's one of those. It was the manga that refused to believe that it was canceled. <laughs> yes, that's then true. they even got a bonus chapter that also refused <laughs> that, that, to believe that they were canceled. It was like you set up a cliffhanger in your special bonus <laughs> chapter. What? And now you're never going to see it again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it'd be Tokyo Shinobi Squad as well. I just I. I, I was initially sort of interested in the kind of Naruto and Shadowrun universe thing that it had going on. That sounds very interesting. It sounded pretty cool, right? It was not. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I am probably going to pick up Samurai 8. On the manga train, I am probably going to start reading that. It's good. Uh, let's do favorite anime of 2019. 
I've watched very few anime oh. in 2019, but Dr. Stone has been really nailing it for me, so. Dr. Stone seems like a very Tyler series. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's very, uh, like, I constantly think about how I'd reinvent civilization from scratch. Um, <laughs> Senku has made so many mistakes. So many mistakes. It's mostly related to power production. Like, Chrome has to go out and reinvent the water wheel, and is like, oh, water wheel, that's going to help my plan so much. I'm like, you already made one earlier. Why didn't you just, like, do that? I don't know. Electricity seems like step one. Come on, man. Well, maybe not step one. There. Were... I love that smartphones is always the eventual goal for Chrome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, once we have smartphones, we did it. Yep. The fact that you constantly think about how to reinvent uh, humanity's civilization from scratch worries me. It, it's a thing I think and worry about all the time. Coincidentally, that's why that one Ryan North book was so great for me, because I'm like, oh, I think about this all the time, and someone wrote a book about it. It's actually very useful. I need to reread it. Because I don't remember which animals you should breed in which time periods. Listen, Zach, I was really, really close to just ripping you out of the chair because you were trying to lean so far away from Tyler. I'm like, all I have to do is pull on his shoulder <laughs> just a little bit and he goes down. I wasn't sure if you were trying to prevent me from falling over or planning on knocking me over. I was planning on knocking you over. Do you have a pick, Zach? It's hard. Cause, like, I loved Demon Slayer. I loved what I watched of, fi- of the Fate Grand Order um, because the animation was really nice in that one. I, and, you know, I already know what's going on. Which, that's definitely a problem because they animated the last chapter of a, of the story. Like, that was great. Demon Slayer was great. We Never Learn was great. Did you watch Food My Wars Hero this great. year or did you watch My Heroes last I year? have not watched My Heroes season this year. <laughs> I know you haven't, but did you watch the first three seasons this year or last year? I forgot about that. I also watched My Hero this year, and yeah, that's a good show. I should finish watch watching the current three, season. Did you watch all three seasons this year? Because I think I was the last one to watch them. Uh, you true. only watched it like a month after I did. So when whenever you did, I did it like a month. Yeah, no, that was la- that was last year because it was at was the it? end of season three. Yeah, yeah. Zach, th- Zach finished it right as season three. Is yeah, because I I binged all of that and I binged all of Food Wars in like yeah, the same last, yeah. week period. Okay. Um, my hero, this series isn't as good. Yes, I, I know. It's just I I keep wanting to do it, and I'm like at this point I'm it's so far in. I'm like okay, I'm just gonna wait for the seasons to finish and then just binge. Yeah, and I think that's what I should do because I was trying to watch it on a week by week basis. I'm like I just want to let it backlog. Yeah, I kept up. falling behind on all that stuff. Yeah, like there's just been a lot of stuff. I can't say any of them has been my favorite because a lot of them have just been so good. Like Demon Slayer, excellent. It's we been never a good year excellent. for anime. I feel. Yeah. They're yeah, adapting uh, all those good Shonen Jump yeah. series they have. The only thing that I'm a little sad about is the fact that I think I have to get a Funimation subscription. What? what which one in particular? They've just, like, because Funimation is now the stuff Separate. that they license yep. isn't uh, necessarily coming out on Crunchyroll. Fate Go is kind of the exception because it's Aniplex, not Funimation. And it was a month later than what it came out on, on uh, Funimation's website. It came out on Crunchyroll. So it's like, okay, but... Now I kind of want to know what else Funimation has going for it, because, like, there's a lot of good stuff. I, I've seen a couple of things from Funimation <laughs> that makes me kind of want to get a Funimation account, which does, it's not the end of the world to have to do both. So uh, there was the Aphoretta, uh from Commonplace to World's Strongest that I ended up watching somewhere else. They've, they've put, uh, there's that um, Beyond the Bloodline, or what? what's the? Uh, Beyond the Boundary? Beyond the Boundary. Uh, that sounds interesting. That's on Funimation. It's also on Crunchyroll. Oh, is it? Okay. That one's I, on Crunchyroll. I thought that one was only on Funimation. No, I think it's actually a Sentai property. It's not a Funimation property. Okay. But still, interested in maybe picking up Funimation funny, as well. It's funny, initially, I was going to watch Fate Grand Order, because you could get it for free, at least initially, on Funimation's website. And I'm like, okay, so I don't actually have to pay for a subscription. So I loaded it up. You could watch it, but you had to watch it in Japanese. Without subtitles? Without subtitles. And I'm like... 
I could do this if I spoke Japanese, but I don't speak any beyond like a few phrases that I've picked up because I watch so much anime, which wouldn't help me understand what's going on. Nani? <laughs> do you have a pick for favorite anime, Kevin? Yes. Uh, so I have my number one and then a very close runner up. So my number one is Rising of the Shield Hero. Um, I need to watch that. You talked very favorably about it a while ago. Yeah. Rising of the Shield Hero uh, was just awesome. I really liked it. Uh, the thing that really uh, not got me into it, but kind of made me really want to keep rooting for it was, so I watched the preview of it because it seemed really cool. And they had like an hour long, it was like essentially the first two episodes. Uh, like a lawn pilot, like some shows like to do. Basically, but what they did is that, like a week before it released, Crunchyroll subscribers got it. So it was like, I watched the first episode. Then this huge controversy came out over the fact that there's this uh, false rape accusation in the first episode. And everyone was going off on, oh my God, the show's misogynistic and blah, blah, blah. And the author probably had this happen to him. And he's just, because it's from a light novel. Uh, the author probably had this happen to him, and he's just kind of like playing out his fantasies. Uh, the funny thing about that is the author is a female. <laughs> like, clearly these people didn't. So it was the Anime News Network, uh, which is now a site I never use ever again, uh, because the reviews on it were not about the episode at all. They were about the controversy of this false rape accusation spreading around the Internet. Like, that was their reviews, all of their reviews. I was like, that's bad. I don't care that you mention it. In your review, because it's kind of a big deal right now, for especially for the first episode. Like, we've only seen the first episode. But the fact that that's all they talked about in their reviews, and we're like, this is bad. And it's just, like, them pushing their views on how they thought this thing was going. Where the show, it's not really about that. That's just kind of the breaking point that makes Naofumi hate the world, <laughs> essentially. Well, because he's like, so... I get sucked into this alternate dimension that says you have to fight for us or die. You can't go home. And, uh, the only way to, the only way to go home would be to win. And, uh, we can't send you back. The only way to summon new heroes would be to murder all of you. So he's like, great. So I show up in this world where I have to fight for my life to save your ass and I can't go home. Like, so they're already on edge. And then it turns out everyone has this grudge against him because of this weird religious region for the country <laughs> that he got summoned in. It's like this huge thing in the story, and I don't want to get too much into it. But everyone hates him, essentially. Not him specifically, but... But the role he's the, playing. Yeah, he's the shield hero. Everyone hates the shield hero because of this weird religious indoctrination thing. So he has this false rape accusation where this truly horrible person uh, basically gets him... Uh, convicted of rape so he gets essentially thrown out of the country and he just kind of like all right i hate the world and then he starts forming bonds with these other people he gets a slave because that's the only person who will form a party with him because no one like everyone else is either trying to like the first person trick him or is just like we'll just use him as a way to get money and then trick him out of it like that's the way so he's like all right i'll get this slave that will she will follow my commands but um, it just it ends up going a very interesting direction that I really like, and I just really like the journey he goes through that story. So, Rising of the Shield Hero, really good. I watched the anime, then picked up the light novels, and have read through almost all of those. A new one might have released kind of <laughs> recently that I haven't caught up on. 
Uh, but my close runner-up is one that is currently going on called Fire Force, which is an <laughs> original anime. That's the other one I need to watch, because, yes. like, I don't really read reviews. I just wait for you to tell me what you thought was good, because we have very similar... <laughs> well, in a lot of ways, we have very similar tastes, with the exception of uh, the whole Isekai, isekai thing. thing. Where I'm a huge Isekai fan, and no one else here is. I actually like Isekais pretty well, okay. I just don't consume many of them, because I don't consume much anime, just generally. Yeah, most of the light novels I read are Isekai. Um, but Fire Force, basically the tagline of it is a firefighter who fights fire with fire. Okay, okay. <laughs> it, it ends up leading to this whole thing of, um, so this is like some future version of Japan where people spontaneously combust. But instead of just bursting into flames, they turn into these things called infernals, which are like flame demons. So they catch on fire, become these like, blackened skeleton things that are on fire and attack people and so there's a special firefighting force that is literally all they do is put down infernals but because they used to be people they're kind of like the whole idea is there's this religious aspect to it like you know ashes to ashes kind of thing that they have their own different prayer about it but they literally have a sister like nun who goes with them and does prayers for the deceased because they're like this was somebody's husband this was somebody's wife this was somebody's kid and so we're going to help them out by putting that guy down. Like, yes, of course, this is horrible, but it's not his fault. Like, it's some weird, like, the devil turned him into Like, it just happens, yeah. right? So. And so the main character is this guy who they call the Devil's Footprints. Um, so he can, there are pyrokinetics uh, who can, their second generation can control flames. Third generation can create flames. And they all have different, like, abilities and so the main character can shoot fire from his feet and he uses it to fly and like empower his kicks but he has this so he's weird... a sanji yes but he has this weird tick where when he gets nervous he starts smiling and he's got this like point he's got these like sharp shark like looking teeth and the smile looks like super creepy but that's just like this nervous tick that he developed unfortunately so everyone calls him a devil because he he starts looking like one whenever he gets nervous. It's really, really interesting. And I'm liking it not only because it's an original story. So it's like, hey, here's an original anime. Like um, it's not based on a manga. So. It's not based yeah. on a manga. It's not based on a light novel. It's like, here's an original idea that's really cool. They had this really weird thing where the French Open caused their season to be delayed. Because the anime aired during the time that Japan was airing the French Open on the same channel. Oh, so they okay. got delayed like the month of the French Open. So they're still releasing the first season. The first season. They, yeah. They've gone past They're at episode like 22 now. Okay. Whereas most everyone else is close to like episode 26 if they're double seasons. Um, because they had the weird break. But it's it's been really, really cool. So that's been a really fun ride. I forgot one of the things I watched this year was also like 90 episodes of One Piece. And <laughs> surprisingly no one. Hey guys, One Piece is a pretty good show. Yeah. First well, of those first 90 episodes. If you had picked the 50 that aired this uh, year, I might have to strangle you. Because I finally got out of that. I escaped. I'm free. I don't have to watch the One Piece anime anymore. I can just read the manga and enjoy One Piece again. I did that very early on. Because yeah, uh, you're smarter than me. Yeah, because I remember specifically this was one of the things that got me into reading manga. Someone was like, oh, hey, you like watching One Piece? Well, the manga is like two arcs in front of that it is and i got into manga and like never looked back because i was done with the filler nonsense See, i did that with naruto and just didn't with one piece Um, i think i did that with bleach bleach was really bad about it i top one's gonna be demon slayer it's already been mentioned and it was hard to pick because there was a ton of good stuff this year super solid 
but like the year. climax of Demon Slayer was incredible. Yes. And it was good throughout. I'm very happy that the manga is doing way better because of the anime, because that probably means it's going to go on longer. I'm on break for another few days. So I think one of these days, because I'm going to be home and nobody else is, will just be me watching anime all day. Good, good use of your time. That sounds so nice. I, I might do that. save up all my time off and basically take it all at this time of year. Yeah, I have unlimited time off, which basically means I don't ever take time off. I don't have any time off, which means I don't take any time off. Yeah, it's, it's a similar but different problem. Yep. So the Christmas fire is calling. It's almost time for us all to go to bed <laughs> in the cabin. Before that, I want to do one last category, though, which is what is your favorite podcasting moment of 2019? Our favorite podcasting, and it doesn't have to be from our shows, right? I, I would, I was intending it to be, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, I've something. just been listening to Sequinox recently. It's and good. <laughs> also, hey, if you want a, a actual play podcast about a magical girl game, you should check out Sequinox. It's, it's very good. good. They're playing the Sailor Moon RPG. And well, they're point, not really playing. Yeah, I was going to say at this point, the GM is like, these rules don't make any sense. We're just gonna, we're just gonna issue. Well, well, the GM has said we're not changing systems because the rules are terrible. So I can do whatever I want, and it's fine. <laughs> and that gives me the power to be the GM I want to be. <laughs> Which is how I GM games anyway. Um, I was also going to say the uh, first "That's a Christmas to Me" in Bim Bam this year. Also very, very good. My favorite podcasting moment this year was actually the one that we put out on the uh, Buddy Complex episode of uh, It's a Gundam. I kind of wish you'd let me do do the Foley for that, but it was very good. (laughs) I need to listen to that. I was surprised by how serious you guys took it, which made the joke way better. I know. But I was really impressed with it, genuinely. (laughs) I'm glad you took my suggestion on that. Well, Alex got done recording it, and she's like, this is awful. I'm like, don't worry. It's going to sound so much better when I put some dramatic music behind it. Did you take the music from the show? I wanted to, but I couldn't find a clean version of that uh, music. So I I think the music I chose is actually from Guild Wars 2. So <laughs> nice. I kind of knowing that maybe not. I kind of wish you'd done the opening with the Japanese version of that scene and then you'd made the stinger. You guys recording it hindsight is 2020. Uh yeah, the problem is like you can't understand it. So That's true. Which like, is why I made that suggestion in the first place. Yeah, and I wasn't going to do it. I was actually going to just grab the Japanese scene or just like just cold open it um with the music um but I had mentioned it to Alex, and she was so excited by the prospect that we just had to she do it. She clearly got really into it. Yeah. So you guys did a really good job with that. Zach? Uh, I've been thinking, and uh, unfortunately, the whole thing where I gave you, uh, uh, what's it called? Keijo? Keijo was last year. And literally, the day I hid Keijo in your house is the day I found out you had a copy of Keijo. <laughs> oh, you put <laughs> you had a copy of Keijo in my house? Yeah. All right. I'll just see if I can find that. Along with that uh, strategy guide for the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. Um, I think that might have been lost with my old car. I don't know. Maybe. I think or I it's have, at your house. I think I would have to go with uh, the recording of the uh, the Three Island episodes, because those were a lot of fun to do. Kevin? So, I haven't done... I haven't actually... I've fallen behind on my podcast. I Not that I listened to a ton beforehand, but I've been doing a ton of audiobooks when, where, when I'm driving my car, which is normally uh, where I would listen to podcasts. But I think probably my favorite podcasting moment didn't actually happen on the podcast but it was you telling me hey you want to make what's a gundam <laughs> literally that day it was I, like hey listen i've got a proposition for you right before we record weekly shonen jump would you like to make another podcast okay i mean that's how jumpstart weekly kind of happened too there was more planning but it yep. came together really fast um yes. to be fair i think that's also how uh, it's a gundam started was you went it's hey. a gundam was super slow that was uh, i that was i don't want to say wearing you down 
but I planted that idea years before it happened. Uh, then I and nurtured it. There's a it, joke that I has still fertilizer. not been made in It's a Gundam that has been planned for years. So when it finally comes up, it's probably going to be bad. Um, you know, I don't know what the joke is, so... I have a way I think we can save it and make it good. Um, I've been thinking about that joke. <laughs> the Island episodes were really good, but I'm going to go with finishing Gundam Seed. Like, it was... I think we did a good job. I actually do think the first season, so to speak, of It's a Gundam is good. I agree, um, especially since I have primarily edited it. There's there's a lot of good stuff in there. I, I like it. Again, hindsight is twenty twenty. I meant to send you a Discord message and didn't. I kind of wish you'd played all of uh, Find the Way on the final episode. Just let the whole... I considered it. It's a long-ass song. So. Yeah. But like, that's a song I genuinely kind of tear up at when it comes up on my iPod. So I thought that would be powerful. But then I was like, yeah, I don't know that anybody else tears up when they hear Find the Way. <laughs> that doesn't matter. It's it's our project. Other it people is. just happen to enjoy it. So. It is. Um, Which I personally am very grateful for because the fact that people listen to us and actually talk to us about this kind of stuff, it's fun. Yeah, Happy New Year, guys. And thank you for supporting us, whether that's on Patreon or just listening to us. Or emotionally. Or like being on the Discord. Yeah, I was going to say happy candle nights, and we, oh no, we appreciate you guys a lot. Thanks for existing, and also making us aware of your presence. Yeah, it's been really interesting listening to everybody jumping in on the Discord, even though I'm not the Gundam guy, so I'm unfortunately out of the loop on most of the discussions. You're not the Gundam guy, or the history guy. (laughs) Or the history guy. Also, was it snowing this badly earlier? Well, I'm sure you'll drive home just fine. Well, I, I thought you said that we're all going to stay here tonight. The problem is we only have three cots because I wasn't expecting Zach. So I guess someone's going to have to sleep on this weirdly authentic looking bearskin One, rug that I don't remember two. being here. There are five of us, though. Wait. Yeah, there's who? there's me, there's you, there's Zach, there's Kevin, and there's Shia LaBeouf. Oh, wait, wait, actual cannibal <laughs> Shia LaBeouf! <laughs>